Well, good morning to everyone. Good to see you. Um, what a blessed Sunday it is to be in the, in the church gathered together. Um, might be wondering, like, what's Brother Pete doing up here this morning? Um, well, we had election of officers yesterday, and um, I am humbled to be um, your new region president. Um, and I'm, I'm just letting you know, brothers and sisters, that we have a heart to serve you and to serve the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, with that, this morning, I want to introduce uh, Brother Michael Watson as our new first counselor. Let's stand up, Brother Michael. And Brother Joe Inyani as our second counselor. Um, I would ask with all of my heart that you would remember all of us in your prayers. Um, and we also had some other changes in elected offices in the region. And we're here to serve all of you and to serve the church. God bless you, brothers. You can sit down. Oh, segue they're from. Okay, I'm on it, Brother Tony. Um, Brother Michael, Lakeside. Um, Brother Michael's moved back to the region how long now? Four years. Four years. And so, and, and also, by the way, newly elected presiding elder. Brother Emil was presiding for how long? About five years. And so, Brother Michael also has that responsibility. And so, um, we just want to remember him. And then Brother Joe is from the great state of Texas. From the Fort Worth branch, uh, you can clap, it's okay. There you go, Linda. <laughs> Brother Joe is also um, an evangelist of the, of the Quorum of 70, and he is a newly elected chair of the Quorum of 70 for our region. So Brother Joe needs a lot of, a lot of blessings and prayers going his way. Um, and Brother Brian Mortarana has uh, graciously been, uh, volu he volunteered to serve as the vice chair. And so Brother Joe and Brother Brian will be leading our Quorum of 70 as well. And so um, that's, uh, that's the, new, uh, uh, the new team that will be leading our region. To, the, uh, to Brother Anthony and Brother Ken, who um, have served faithfully for the last four years, I would like us all to have a standing vote of thanks for them and, their, and all of their support and their servantship to the, uh, to the region. God bless you, brothers, and uh, the region and their wives. There you go, Brother Joel, and their wives. Uh, for the countless hours of dedication it takes to uh, serve the saints of God. Thank you. You can be seated. God bless you. Okay. A um, lot to do today, uh, but I don't want to uh, want to welcome everyone, our visitors, our friends, um, and uh, we thank God that we're uh, uh, all found uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ today. This beautiful, beautiful ark of safety. A haven of rest for the saints. A sanctuary for the consecrated in Christ. This is a place where I would know, nowhere else want to be than in God's house. A place where we cry, brothers and sisters. We laugh. We have joy in our hearts. A place where we bless our children and we dedicate them to Christ. A place where we're able to be baptized in the name of Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, a place where we consecrate one another unto the holy work of God, that we might be ambassadors of the Lord. The church exists for three reasons. First and foremost, it exists that we might glorify the Father, as Brother Joe taught us last night in the, in the beautiful prayer of the Lord 
The church exists that we might be outward, bringing the gospel to people wherever we are. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Outward. And then finally the church exists. Give us this day our daily bread. It, it exists for inward. That we might grow in the grace of Christ, brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. So remember that as, as we travel this journey and we're pilgrims on this road to heaven. That's why we're here. And so may God bless you. Today, we're so excited uh, to have the uh, Domestic Visitation Committee of the Church. This is a committee that is under not only the General Church Presidency, but also the Quorum of Seventy. And they've been out blessing the domestic church um, with an excitement about our future events, our beliefs, sustaining us, and a reinforcement of what we already know to be true in God's word, but how awesome it is, huh, Brother Jim, when we are coming together, united, encouraging one another about what the future holds if we hold fast to Christ. Amen? And so Brother Jim's going to introduce his team, Brother Jim Huttenberger and his beautiful wife, Sister Lynette from uh, Irvine. They're here, um, and, um, and all of our visitors. We're going to have him introduce the team. We're going to hear from them this morning, and then we're going to see how God directs us. Uh, our plan is to um, wrap up um, the preaching portion about 20 after 11, so we have about an hour, hour and 10 minutes. And then we're going to have communion today, brothers and sisters, and we'll address you on that. Um, we're so blessed to have our general church president, Brother Joel Gailey, um, and uh, Sister Ruth is back east. We're praying um, for her as well. She's enjoying the grandkids. So I, all week I kept saying, or weekend, are you talking to Ruth? No, no, she's with the grandkids. She's good. <laughs> she sent him a video this morning. was hysterical. But... Um, we're going to hear from Brother Joel as well. Um, we've had a blessed conference. We're also going to update you a little bit towards the end of the service. I'll do a wrap-up uh, on the actual conference itself and all the things that we, uh, we talked about. So are you excited today? Amen. Is God going to bless us? Yes, Amen. Okay. We're going to turn it over to Brother Jim. I believe you want to hand Brother Jim or you going to? Okay. Good morning, everyone. We are thrilled to be here. I am think I'm a stranger to you, maybe some of my committee you haven't seen in a while, but we're certainly happy to be in Mesa and a part of this region conference weekend. Um, I just want to take a moment before our brother opens the service and share with you what this committee is all about. Um, Fifteen years ago, this used to be called the domestic what? Outreach committee, actually. Outreach or operating committee, too, interchangeably. The, the, the challenge that committee had was to visit the domestic church and provide some outreach ideas, which we did. This purpose is different. The name is different, the Domestic Visitation Committee. We believe that you brothers and sisters, serving God the best you can every day, need encouragement. Amen? Amen. That's what we're charged to do, to encourage, excite, enthuse, motivate the domestic church that God is about to do some marvelous things. And we'll share some of that with you today. We did yesterday, we enjoyed the seminars, we enjoyed uh, those that came out to uh, hear what we had to say, because God has a great plan for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for this church. And we're gonna remind you what that is, 
because we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. And so our goal and commission as a committee, as charged by the General Church Presidency and the chairmanship of the Quorum 70, that we might visit every region of the church. This is now four or five, five, the fifth region that we visited around the country. And again, to let the brothers and sisters of the domestic church know that God is alive in the church and he wants to use each of you. And we have a great and marvelous future, especially among God's covenant people who are of the house of Israel. And so today we'll get into a little bit more of that, but that's the charge of this committee. Uh, Brother uh, Art Yaley from Herndon, Virginia, is a part of this committee. I always like to say that when I called him up and said, Art, would you like to be a part of this committee? He responded in like two seconds, two words, I'm in. <laughs> I loved it, I'm in. <laughs> uh, we've asked Brother uh, Dino DeMellis to be a part of our committee. He is president of the Great Lakes region, and he is back there this weekend for their conference, which, by the way, they had to postpone, but he was unable to make it because he was planning to be at that conference. He is their region president. But uh, Brother Dino is a, a great addition to our committee. And then, of course, your very own Joe and Yanni uh, is a part of our committee. We, we love Joe's enthusiasm. On Saturdays, when we have seminars, some of us take care of the adults. We've been asking Brother Joe to take care of uh, the uh, youth. And in each region that we go, we identify a young minister or evangelist to assist us with the young people because we're getting old. And some of our younger brothers really have a connection with our young people. This weekend, it was Brother Michael, my dear son-in-law. <laughs> and Michael, thank you for being a part of our committee this weekend. Welcome to participate today as well. We're just uh, glad to have you. And so each region, we have reached out to a younger elder to, or evangelist to help us. And so for this weekend, it's been Brother Michael. And uh, so we're ha just happy to be here. We are, uh, we're going to, bro Brother uh, uh, Art is going to open our meeting in a moment. And uh, he's asked that we sing 39 in the Songs of Zion. So to continue, can we turn to that hymn? And then we'll go into our meeting. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for having us and hosting us, by the way. While we're singing this hymn, we are going to have junior church today. And so all of the uh, children and teachers can dismiss right now during hymn. Okay? Yeah, let's all rise. Number 39.
Good morning. And I say good morning, lovers of Christ. That's why we're here. Because we love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he loves us more than we can imagine. You know, when the, the lot falls upon you, I, and brothers, you back me up. Your nerve, there's no nerve. Right? They just go away. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, and I, I know some of you missed the presentation yesterday, so the next two hours we're going to do the PowerPoint, go through the whole thing again. <laughs> Just kidding. <coughs> Nephi says, we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. How blessed we are to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. We serve a risen Christ, Amen. a risen Christ who died for our sins is the Lord and Savior that we look to. The Lord that loves us with all of his heart. And we love him with all our heart, soul, and mind. That's why we're here. That's why we fellowship. That's why we gather. That we would give praise and honor and glorify glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know, I know myself, I am nothing. I, don't, I, can't, I can't praise him enough for what he's done for me in my life. I'm an unworthy creature standing here before you but he forgives me and he forgives you. That's the God we serve, a God of love. He loves us so much. King Benjamin says, after all that we can do, we're still unprofitable servants, but it's by his grace, by his love and his mercy that we become the children of, of the Most High God. We become heirs of Christ, joint heirs with Christ of the kingdom of heaven and of the kingdom of, of God here on earth. When we sang this song, Taste the Grass on the Summit, excuse me, you know, I, I, I joke, and I've said this before, there's not a drip of Italian blood in me that I know of, but I feel like I'm a Genetti a lot of the time, you know? <laughs> I get emotional, and that's a good thing, I think, but all to the honor and glory of God. Come sheep. You know, we sang this yesterday. And when we sang it yesterday morning in conference, it just touched me. I had something, you know, Brother Jim said, you know, Brother Art, I'm here all the time. Brother Dino's not here. Uh, Brother Joel's here quite a bit. And this is Brother Joe's region. So guess what? <laughs> he told me that a week ago, actually. So, you know, you prepare, you think you have some idea of what you might say. And then God turns it. Come sheep, taste the grass on the summit. Sheep, come, breathe the pure mountain air. Climb higher, the good shepherd cries higher. For the pasture is much sweeter there. 
our Lord and Savior wants us to have the very best. He wants us to climb higher. And, and when we go through life and we have our struggles, and sometimes it's hard to climb that mountain. And you read in the verses, and, and I, I wanted to focus on the course, but you read in the verses how things happen to us and we struggle. But God knows what is best for us. And it's that grass on the summit. And while we are here in the flesh, he wants what's best for us. And it's the grass on the summit. And we can achieve that only by his strength. We can achieve that only through putting our faith and trust completely in him, no matter the circumstances of our lives. And that's difficult. We all go through trials and tribulations. It's difficult. But he wants the best for us. And I dare declare, given the restoration, we have the best today. In our, in our, the gospel is now pure and unadulterated without any pollution, without any imperfection. As even we said yesterday, I know I'm imperfect. We're all imperfect, but the gospel is pure. And it is our task, one of our many tasks and responsibilities to keep it pure. And we will do it. We will do it. We will keep the gospel pure and unpolluted from the things of this world and the things that the evil one wants to sneak in. It's not going to happen. So in our natural lives, he wants to give us the very best. What's it say? He cares about even the sparrow, right? He cares about the sparrow. He cares about everything of his creation. Think about how much he cares for you and for me. He loves us so much. And we have much to look forward to. Um, even if I, as I mentioned yesterday, going through the many events that God has prepared, the many uh, blessings that he has prepared for those who will be obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ, those who will have faith and trust and not waver in their, uh, in their faith and trust. No matter what happens in your life, brothers and sisters, loved ones, don't waver. Be strong. You know, I was in a, in a meeting one time, and uh, I don't know if you know Brother Tony Ritchie, right? He's, he's a big guy. And in Herndon, uh, Virginia, where I uh, attend, um, it's an old building. It's, it's a historical building, and, and Rossum is not rock solid like this, right? And uh, Brother Tony went, and you must stand firm! And I thought the whole thing was going to cave in. <laughs> Fortunately, there's metal beams in the basement. But we must stand firm, okay? Don't let the evil one rock your world one iota. We must stand firm in the gospel. It's imperative, brothers and sisters and loved ones. If you haven't rendered obedience to the gospel, today is the day of your salvation. Stop procrastinating that day. Today is the day. Time is a wasting. And we cannot waste the time that we've been given on this earth. It is time now for the young man to come to the aid. It's time for the young women 
I don't know all the words of that song, but it's a beautiful song. Thank you. Who love the war to stand. It is time. There is no time to waste anymore. We are certainly in the latter days. We are certainly in times of trouble. We are certain in times where you and I must be the light of Jesus Christ to this world. We must be. The world is without hope. The world is without Christ, unfortunately. We have the answer. We have the message to deliver. And that is the risen Christ is the only way you're going to make it through this life. The risen Christ who died for your sins is the only way. The only way. The only way to live your life daily and the only way of eternal salvation that we might be joint heirs with Christ. We look forward to many, many things, and I'm going to just rehearse one. Uh, I think we heard this verse two or three times yesterday. I'm going to read it again because I love it. I love Isaiah. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, shall rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come ye. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. There is a summit in the future where the grass is going to be the sweetest grass that we could ever taste. This peaceful rain that we spoke about yesterday, this peaceful rain that Isaiah just gives us a glimpse of and we, and we read the 65th chapter, and it gives us a little more glimpse of that. We long for that day. We long for the grass on that summit. And God is saying to the church of Jesus Christ today, climb higher. Climb higher. Right now. Climb higher right now. Stop procrastinating your walk with God and climb higher right now. Now is the time to climb higher. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared in the church of Jesus Christ. And that preparation starts right here in your heart. That the love of Christ would, would exceed all things, all aspects of your life, that the love of Jesus Christ would dwell within you so greatly People would be drawn to you. People would be drawn to Jesus Christ through you. And they would find salvation to their souls. What the world needs, what your friends need, could be what your 
family needs. But we prepare today and we help prepare the world and those around us by shining the light of Christ and showering them with the love of Jesus Christ. Because there will come a day, there will come a day when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the waters, cover the earth as the waters covers the sea, right? That day is coming. You know, the words of God will be fulfilled, okay? There is, no, there is nothing that's going to be unfulfilled. There is much gathering that's going to happen of the house of Israel and of those who are not of the house of Israel. That people would be restored to Jesus Christ. That they would find, that they would find peace in him. And you know what's so nice? And it says that all nations, and, and even in, in uh, my favorite chapter, if you were here yesterday, 22nd chapter of 1 Nephi, he will gather them for the, from the four corners of the earth as calves to the slaughter. I can't wait to participate and be a calf to the slaughter when he gathers his people from the four corners of the earth. And he's going to use us, brothers and sisters, as instruments in his hands. As instruments in his hands to be gatherers of the lost souls, of the sheep that are lost, that are in the lowlands, that are amongst the trampled grass that is of no value, no use, of the false doctrines of this world. That grass on the summit, the pure, unadulterated gospel, and the love of Jesus Christ is the life, the eternal life that every soul must have and, must, and needs, even though they don't know they need it. And I mentioned this yesterday, right at the end of the presentation, I said, we have this golden opportunity right now because people are afraid and they are without hope. You have the answer to their fear and their lack of hope. And that is Jesus Christ crucified, risen from the dead, died for your sins, my dear friend, my dear family. That's our Lord. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he's given it all for us. The least we can do is give it all for him. May God bless you. What a marvelous topic, amen? I want you to imagine something for a moment. Can you imagine... I asked you to close your eyes yesterday. I won't do that now, but think about this. You're in an environment where you're living in a home, in a house that you built. You're sitting down at the dinner table and eating of the food that you planted. Wherever you go, it's a camp out. Wherever you go, you'll see a brother and a friend. Singing praises to our God all the time. And occasionally, our Lord Jesus makes his appearance in your midst, Amen. in this place. 
How opposite is that from the world we live in today? We live in a world today, brothers and sisters, that indeed we are in turmoil. And the enemy of our soul is doing everything he can to distract you. It could be the smallest thing, a big thing, but he's there to distract you because he doesn't want you in that marvelous place we call Zion. The city called the New Jerusalem. Imagine what it's like. We see a glimpse of it, as I said, in our campouts, right? Wake up in the morning, we have a prayer service, we have a chapel, we have seminars, we see our brothers and sisters on camp all day long, we're having a good time eating a lot of good food, we have a night service, God blesses us, there's baptisms, it's marvelous, it's nothing compared to what it will be in that city, in that place called Zion, that we've heard about all our life. Imagine what it's going to be like. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is because I don't want you to give up. Not for a minute. I don't want you to even think about giving up. Because the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is so great. Don't let anything distract you from that hope. You know, as Brother, uh, uh, brother um, Art was saying, <laughs> this has happened before. I know, I, I'm over 60. Um, we'll chalk it up to that. Brother, I was speaking to us. I started to think about the prodigal son. We all know the parable, right? A certain man had two sons. One of them decides he's going to leave. He was kind of living on the summit at home with dad. He had the good life. Things were really good. But he decides, I want to take what's given me. I want to go out and have a good time. So my so wild oats. I'm paraphrasing the whole thing, primarily for our young people. And he took that which was owed to him by his father, and he went out, and he spent all of it on what? Riotous living, it says. And the point, the point in his life came where he had spent it all. And when he had spent it all, all his friends disappeared. He found himself alone. Even living where the swine live and eat. And it says he became the lowest of low. And then one day, one day, he came to himself. I don't know if there's anybody in this congregation that have experienced this, that have been there. One day, he came to himself and he said, what am I doing? The servants in my father's house live better than I. I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask my father if I could just be a servant in his house. You know why I love this? The number one reason I love this parable is because of the love of the Father. That same Father, that same God that you and I serve today, He loves us. No matter how far sometimes we may stray in this life, maybe we get a little weak, maybe we find ourselves not attending church for a little while, but it seems that when we come to ourselves and we say, I want to, I need you, O Lord, He's not 10 miles away. We turn around, He's right behind us. He's been following us the whole way. The love of the Father, brothers and sisters, for you and I is beyond measure. Don't ever let the enemy make you feel any less. He loves you. And he came to himself, and he went back to that summit, that wonderful life he had. He said, if I could just be a servant again, 
And when he was a yet far off, the scripture says, the father ran to him. He ran to him. And he put his arms around his neck and he kissed him. My son, my son, that was once lost is now found. And oh, they rejoiced. Bring the robe, bring the ring. Let's have a, let's have a party. My son is back. How wonderful is the love of the Father. That's the first point I want to make today. God loves us as the church. God loves you for giving your life to him. And if you're that prodigal this morning, as brother, our brother reminded us, it's time to come back to that summit, to that wonderful place, the church of Jesus Christ. I talk to people sometimes that have been gone, and when they come back, they say, it's the same, Brother Jim. It's the same spirit. It's the same love. Isn't it? Oh, the love of our God. But what I want to tell you this morning is a, I want to liken this, this parable to what our responsibility is in the Latter-day Church. Because there was a time when God's covenant people, the house of Israel, were living on the summit. God was blessing them. But because of sin, because they allowed themselves to wander off far from the Lord... They found themselves not in God's graces anymore. They found themselves alone. His spirit had been withdrawn from them. And I'm here to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, the house of Israel, the seed of Joseph, is like that prodigal son. The day is coming when they're going to come to themselves. They're going to hear the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ preached again. And they're going to want to come back to that summit. They want to come back to that home that they remember or their ancestors knew. That day is coming, brothers and sisters, when the seed of Joseph will come to a knowledge once again. And you know, it says it so beautifully in a couple places in the Book of Mormon. Did you go home and read uh, chapter 22 of 1 Nephi? Did you? We asked you to do that. I'm going back to it. Ready? It meaneth that the time cometh. This is where we are that after all of the house of Israel have been scattered and confounded, that the Lord God will raise up a mighty nation among the Gentiles, even upon the face of this land. That nation is this nation today, the United States. And after our seed is scattered by the Lord God, he will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles, which shall be of great worth unto our seed. That's the restoration of the gospel. That's the restoration of the church of Jesus Christ. That's the great worth unto the seed. Wherefore, it is likened unto their being nourished by the Gentiles and being carried in their arms upon their shoulders. And it shall also be of worth unto the Gentiles because those of us that believe, we become adopted, we become a part of the promises that are promised to the seed of Joseph and all of the house of Israel. And not only to the Gentiles, but unto all of the house of Israel, unto the making known of the covenants of the Father of heaven unto Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Wherefore, the Lord God will do a, proceed to make bare his arm in the, eyes of, in the eyes of all nations. That's what's going to be happening very shortly. In bringing about his covenants and his gospel unto those who are of the house of Israel, wherefore he will bring them in again out of captivity, They'll be gathered to the lands of their inheritance. They'll be brought out of obscurity, out of darkness, and they shall know that the Lord is their Savior, their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. 
This is the, the house of Israel today, brothers and sisters, is like that prodigal. And someday they're going to come to a knowledge. And we have been sharing with them. That's why our brothers are going out among the Native American. That's why they're going out to the reservations in various parts of this country, in Canada, and even around the world. And bringing the gospel to them because they are living in a prodigal state. But soon, brothers and sisters, they're going to come to a knowledge of who they are. You're going to help them do that. And they're going to say, let me go back to the house of my father. Let me go back to the promises that were given to my fathers. And they're going to return. And God's blessing is going to be upon this God's covenant people. You are a part of that. Don't think it's just the seed of Joseph or the Native American. That promise, it goes to you as well. Because you have believed. You're a believing Gentile today. And the scripture says these promises are entitled to all of us. Oh, what a day it's going to be, brothers and sisters. Yes, we see a glimpse of it at a, at a camp out occasionally. But oh, it's going to be a marvelous day and time when we are going to be in this place. And Jesus, our Savior, the love of the Father unto his people, it's never ending. He's going to welcome them back. He's going to put a robe upon them, a ring on their finger. And brothers and sisters, it is our responsibility to share the gospel with them. That's the divine commission. That's the divine commission. And oh, I don't care wherever you go. I don't care if you're at work, in your neighborhood, maybe family, extended family. Be that good example of Jesus Christ to them. Everybody needs the Lord. How many of you know somebody in your scope of friends right now that needs the peace of God in their life? I do. I do. I have some people at work. I have even some extended family. I know they need the peace of God in their life. It is up to us, brothers and sisters, to share the love of this Jesus, this Jesus that changed me so dramatically in my life from dark to light in an instant. And, you know, when I read this hymn, this marvelous hymn, the young lambs make this third verse, the young lambs make a try for the mountain while the wolves make a try for the lambs. See, the enemy of our soul knows his time is short. He's working overtime to confuse you. He's working overtime to dissuade you. He's working overtime to say, God's not hearing your prayers. I'm here to tell you, he is hearing your prayers. And he'll answer him in his due time. Our job is to trust him. Our job is to keep the promise we made at the river's edge. The kind shepherd cries out when he sees it. And he runs out to rescue his lambs. Just like that father ran out and hugged his son. Just like God in this latter day and time will bring back Israel. And he's going to love them like he always has. He's never stopped loving them. They have just left him. But the day is coming, brothers and sisters, when all of the seed of Joseph. And I said yesterday... God is not only talking to the church about this right now in marvelous revelations, but he's talking to the Native American. He's talking to the house of Israel. He's speaking to them like we've never seen before in the church. And you brothers that have been around a while, I know you know what I'm talking about. God is speaking to both the house of Israel and he's speaking to the church in, in experiences and revelations that we are accepting, knowing that God is about to do a marvelous work. He's going to make bare his, his mighty arm. For us, brothers and sisters, God says this. I need you to get excited again. 
Amen? If you've lost that excitement, this is the time to get it back. I need you to get excited again. I need you to remember you're not in this alone. I'm working on your challenges. You may not know it, but he's working on those issues in your life that you've been praying about. Be faithful. Don't give up. I've already assigned angels to you. So let go of the stress and just trust me. I've got a pretty incredible ending in store for you. In fact, that's why you need to get excited again. Because the happy ending I've got coming is going to rock your world. Amen? God's going to bless the church. He's going to bless you as individuals. Don't give up. Whatever the challenges and the struggles of your life today, I'm encouraging you, don't give up. God is hearing. He sees. He'll answer the prayers. And that day is fast coming when we're going to see each other in that marvelous city, in that kingdom of Zion. Wherever we go, we see a brother and a friend. I am looking forward to that. I'm not giving up. I don't want you to give up. God bless you is my prayer. I'm really loud. I don't need a mic. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It is so great to be here back in, in Mesa. I love this branch. I love our region and this part of it. And so it's, it's just so good to see all your faces. And have you been listening to the marvelous words that our brothers have been saying this morning? They're words of encouragement. I'd like to read a few more verses to you. In Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. The watchman shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing. <laughs> what a, what a idea, what a vision. And they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy singing together. Amen? Amen. What I'd like to add to, to my brother's beautiful words today, and I'm not, I don't want to speak long at all, but I want to tell you we're facing a choice today and every day about what our vision is, what our focus is. Are we focusing upon these beautiful things, the promises of God? Are we focusing on the things of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are we focusing on the promises of Zion and future events? The Lord this year, in January, put this idea in my mind, and it's been my theme this year, and I think about it every single day. The Lord told me to feed my faith and to starve my fear. Amen. And when I focus on the good things of God and the promises and on this church and what God has promised this church, my faith gets stronger. When I listen to the world, it wants to scare me. It wants to shake my faith. It wants me to be fearful. But the Lord is so clear that his people need not fear. Amen. And instead, 
we should have joy. We should be singing praises unto his name. That's what he wants from his people. And when we do those things, we will feel joy and happiness and peace and love. And it always starts with love. I was telling the young people yesterday, how do you feel about brothers and sisters and people in church? And I can tell you, and this is what my desire was and is, that they would feel the way I feel in all of all, all those who have come to this understanding. I look at these brothers, I look at this congregation, I adore you. <laughs> my love for you is so deep. And that's what we have in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Grab hold of it. That's what our brothers say. Grab hold of it. Taste the grass on the summit. You know, again, what is your vision? What are you focusing on? Are you being distracted? Or are you focusing on the things that the Lord has promised us? I was reading this morning in 1 Nephi, the 11th chapter. And I was reading about the desires that Nephi had. What, what he wanted to see. What he wanted to feel. What he was focused on. And it says in the first 11th chapter, the very first verse, For it came to pass, after I had desired to know the things that my father, that Lehi, had seen in his vision, in his dream, believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, and we talked about prayer yesterday in my class and even last night. What are you praying for? Nephi was praying to see the promises of God, to see the glory of God. So this sincere young man prayed that he wanted to see what his father had seen. And it says, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord, yea, even even into an exceeding high mountain, which I had never seen, upon which I had never set foot before. And he saw the promises of God. He saw what the Lord has promised us. He saw what <clears throat> Lehi had seen. You know, in, in, in First Nephi, the eighth chapter, part of tasting the grass on the summit, Lehi and Nephi saw this. And it came to pass that I beheld a tree whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. And it came to pass, and I did go forth and partake of the fruit thereof, and I beheld that it was the most sweet above all that I'd ever tasted. Yea, and, it be, and I beheld that the fruit thereof was white to exceed all the whiteness that I had ever seen. And I partook of the fruit thereof, and it filled my soul with great, with great Exceedingly great joy. That's tasting the grass on the summit. That's what this church offers us. It offers us a chance to have these most beautiful experiences. To taste the love of God. To, to taste and partake of the love of Jesus Christ. And to feel it every day. Every day. So are you publishing fear? Are you spreading disruption in your world? Or are you publishing peace? 
Are you speaking of the things of the Lord? Are you preaching of what the Lord's promises are to this church, to Zion? And Nephi, and this, I'm, I'll end with this. Nephi, in the same chapter where I, well, in a few chapters after where I started, the things he saw, the things of God, he says this in 1 Nephi, the 13th chapter, the 37th verse. It's where I started. But God showed it to Nephi the way he showed it to Isaiah. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion. Do you fit into that category? Are you doing the things the Lord wants us, wants you and I to both do? At that day, for they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost, and they shall, if they endure to the end, they shall be lifted up at that last day and shall be saved. Amen? In the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb, and whoso, whoso shall publish peace, yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. That's where I want to be. That's my vision. That's what I want to pray for. Join us. Have no fear. Fear not. Focus on the Lord. And the Lord, ask for more faith, and you shall see these beautiful things. God bless you all.
I won't take long, brothers and sisters, but I'm just so excited to be here. And my heart feels so full of love for each of you, and I was noticing how the building wraps the saints around you like a big hug. I love the, the layout, and uh, I was very touched by the words of our brothers, and they were confirmation to me for the thoughts that God was placing on my heart this morning. And as I woke up, uh, the scriptures that came to me have to do with uh, this message that I heard each of our three brothers speak on in one way or another, which uh, were to stay steady and, and firm and founded that we might not be tossed to and fro by the things of this world. That's how we get up the mountain. We have to be steady. And so while the world is trying to disrupt and knock us off the path of the straight and narrow, the Lord has a message for us that we might be reassured, that we might be committed, and that we might be firmly attached to the truth that he has placed in our hearts. And you know, the way we got on this path that we're on in the first place has to do with that parable of the sower. We have that heart that we might receive the message. But if you read in the 13th chapter of Matthew, the parables that follow, that seed going on good ground versus bad ground or a thorny ground, the next, one of the next parables talks about the parable of the tares. You see, after the Lord has planted the truth in your hearts, the enemy has a desire to take it away. And so, our brothers have given us reassurance today, encouragement, and also preparation. Because the song of Zion that we sang to open, uh, and we sang it yesterday as well, number 39, and as our brother uh, mentioned, the, the wolves are trying to take away while the, the young lambs are trying to climb up the mountain. And in the parable here, it says in the 37th verse of Matthew 13, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. And sometimes we need to be reminded that the truth that we have in our hearts has been planted there by the Son of God. Be assured today that it's a good seed, that it's the truth, and hold on to it. It's worth retaining in your life. Above all else, you can let everything else go. Nothing else will have the value that the message of the restored gospel will bring to your life. And it says that the field, he's now interpreting this parable, the field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. It's like planting a garden and making the ground perfect for your crops. And then come the weeds. And what we have to do is get rid of the weeds, get rid of the distractions, and those things that might take away from the fruit of the Lord's garden. And he says, The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. The Lord is preparing us for the harvest, and there's a great and mighty and wonderful day 
So special it is to the Lord, that day of Zion. And he's getting us ready for it, generation by generation and day by day as we get closer and closer. And I just want to read ahead on the 43rd verse. It says, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. And so now I just want to give you a couple of things to take home that you might do the things that our brothers have exhorted us to do. Some action items, some homework, if you will. First, it says to hear. And I think we hear that every time we come into these doors, don't we? That we need to hear the word of God. But we need to receive the message with our hearts and our mind as well. It's not just opening our ears, but we have to open our heart and our mind as well. Because it says in the 22nd verse of James 1, don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. And so we receive the message, we read the word of God, but we don't stop there. We try to understand the word of God. We try to apply it. And we need to integrate the word into every area of your life. If you're an employee, how can you apply the word of God at work? If you're a parent, how can you apply the word of God and integrate it into the way that you raise your family? Bring the word and the message of the Lord into your marriages. And also into every part of your character. And so if you get tired of hearing, read the word of God. It's not just read. That's the first step. We also do the word of God. I might even replace the, uh, those sayings with something even more concise and say, live the word of God. In every area of your life. And it will bring your life joy. That joy on the summit that we talked about. What a wonderful promise we have. And God has set forth these promises before us that we might feast upon them. There's no need to starve from the crumbs that fall from the table. He's offering with his arms wide open the feast. The feast that he has prepared. And I'm just going to read one more verse and have a seat. But, you know, that, that hymn that we sang... At 65, it reminds me of the prodigal son. And at the end of the hymn, it says, back with my family where I belong. You know, Brother Jim brought that prodigal story up, and it relates to me because I went my own way in my own life, and so it, it, it hits me right in the heart because I feel like I was the prodigal, thinking I might find something better. And oh, there's nothing better. Nothing better than what the Lord has for us. And I'm going to turn here to Ezekiel, towards the uh, end of the Old Testament here. It's the, the 44th chapter. And this is your last instruction for me anyway. Uh, you're, you're to do, to take home with you. How do we stay steady, right? That's, that's my question. I want to listen to what our brothers have told us today and have brought forth, but how do I do it? And in this verse, it says, in the 30th verse here, it says, And the first of all fruits 
of all things and every oblation of all and every sort of your oblations shall be the priests. And I think, well, how can I give my first fruits to the Lord? It's not just my offering. It's my time. And when I get up every day out of bed, I should be thinking not about my routine first. I shouldn't go right out the door and get to 11 o'clock in the morning before I've begun to think about what God might have for me to do today. I should make the Lord first and bring uh, some of my attention to him before I get into my day and pray and ask for his direction and say, Lord, is there a work that you might have for me to do today? Send me someone who has a need or show me what it is that you have for me and help me to do it. And this verse says, the first fruit of all things. And he says, if we do these things, he would cause a blessing to rest in our house. And so when we put first God, when we put him first, the Lord has a blessing in store for us. So let's let the Lord do the work that he wants for us to do. Let's Allow him to bless us the way he wants to bless us. Not just with a little bit, but with all of the blessings. Right, brother? So Brother Art mentioned, he wants the best for us. And so we have a great and wonderful God that we serve. And he wants us to be richly blessed and steady. Not moved by fear, but anchored firmly from day to day as we serve him. May God bless you today. All right, we're going to sing number 28, Songs of Zion, if you want to follow along. We're going to sing a little out of order, but that's all right. You can still follow along. Been long in battle, a lifetime of fighting But years creep up on them and time starts to show Holding positions while calling replacements Where are there some brave men, some willing to go? Why do you tarry, son? Run, hasten, hurry The night is not yielding, the battle wears on here Christ from the front lines and help badly needed to carry the standard of liberty. Bring our great high commander while looking around him, sadly I fear that lion loved ones in whispering stay with me another one why do you wait son the battle is raging and many young soldiers have long gone to war there's no need on the sidelines and none on the back lines but only the front lines are Marching to the 
Beautiful words, beautiful song. Been blessed today. Um, I'm going to introduce communion and just give you a couple comments. I was um, reminded of an important truth this morning as I was driving to church. Brother Ken gave me some instructions to avoid some construction. And he said, you know, you want to go down to Greenfield, you make a left. And so I was going, and usually I put on my GPS. Um, but I, I thought, well, I can handle this. So I, I made the left on Greenfield, and then I get to this kind of this Y, and it says Greenfield, you go to the right, or Santan, you go to the left, and I was like, well, I'm going to go to Greenfield. I end up in this residential neighborhood. I'm like, man, where did I go wrong here? And, and um, it reminded me that in, in our life, a lot of times we take that approach. Well, I'm just going to go off instinct, or I'm going to go where I think I should go, instead of taking our instruction from the Lord. And, and, I, and I thought, you know what, I'd probably be at church already if I hadn't just gone the way I thought I should go, if I had followed the instructions. And that is the way it is in life. When we follow God's word, he gets us where we need to go. He directs us to the right place, and we don't spend time lost somewhere. And, and I've seen that in my life over and over again. Um, the scripture that came to my mind as I was listening to these, these brothers speak is um, in 2 Timothy. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, as we, we, we know what's happening in the world right now. We know that there's a lot of fear about uh, this virus. And, um, and I thought to say last, um, I felt inspired to say last Sunday to our congregation, you know, we have had many, many years of prosperity in this country. Many of us do not understand what it 
what it means to have adversity. Um, and I'm not talking about just personal adversity. I'm talking about national or worldwide adversity. Um, I know some of you have. Some of you have experienced that and have been through those trials. I talked one time to Sister Inge, and she told me about her upbringing through World War II, and my mind was blown away of what some of our brothers and sisters have gone through in their lifetime. And, and we're reminded when those things come upon us that we need to hold on to the promises of God. We can't hold on to, to the status quo. We can't hold on to our, our, our 401k or, or any of those things that we thought were, were ours to have. We have to hold on to the things that God's given us, the promises. And our brothers reminded us so well about those things. And, and there's many, many more in the word of God. And one of them is the promise of salvation for those that have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our dearest promise. If we, if we don't believe the promise, then we're wasting our time. But, the, but that's why we're here. We hold tight to those things that God's told us. And so now we're going to have communion. And, um, and, and in light of, of the coronavirus, and in light of the, some of the instructions that we've received from the general church and from, from those that are, are uh, experts in the field, um, we're... we're, we're we, we want to tell you that uh, as, we, as we serve communion, um, if you don't feel to partake of communion, for, um, if, if you're concerned about anything, I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You're not, you don't have to partake of it. Nobody's going to judge you if you don't partake for, for whatever reason. Um, but I, I will tell you, if you don't want to partake of, of the wine, then don't partake of the bread or vice versa. Either take both the bread and the wine or, or don't take it. But nobody's going to judge you if you decide to pass. Um, but we do want to make it available for those that want to partake. Um, and I, I'm going to ask uh, our brother AJ, brother Anthony, uh, brother Tim, brother Jerry, and brother Austin, if you will um, serve communion with me. Um, and I heard something last week um, as we, as we uh, go into communion. Um, we were, we were watching a video for Sunday school, and this man had given a, a testimony of how um, he had a terrible, terrible upbringing, and he had gotten into um, um, like the KKK or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, and he was converted, and uh, the conversion was so deep, you could see it as he was giving his testimony in this video, and he said something that struck me. He said, I'm not just forgiven, but somebody paid the price. Somebody paid the price for my sins. I'm not just forgiven. Somebody paid the price for me. Let's think about that as we partake of communion here at this time. Oh, and our announcement. Um, for those of you that are here visiting, um, we serve communion to those that are active members of the church. So if, if you're not an active member of the church, please observe, feel the spirit of God, and be blessed in it as well.